0: It's the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio.
3: I really do feel bad, and this isn't a shot. Actually, it kind of is. All right. So, I don't want to make you think that we're going to open up this show after everything that went down in the National Football League and talk about the NBA, cuz we're absolutely not. Okay? We pay the NBA its proper attention when need be. But I'll just say this, all right? The National Basketball Association has been holding on to a couple of things over the NFL, all right? They've been holding on to a couple of things. One of them was Christmas Day games, and the other was a busy trade deadline, unlike the NFL. And it's gone. You can go ahead and uh, put a wrap on that. That'll go ahead and do it. As, uh, as Johnny Ringo once said, smell that. Smells like someone died. And that would be the NBA's advantage over the NFL in those two categories, Brady Quinn, because we had ourselves a damn trade deadline day yesterday. How about it?
2: How Fire about it, it? Historic, all right? The most trades ever in a single deadline day for the NFL. In fact, even, even the week leading up to it, it was the most trades we've ever seen in NFL history. So uh, here's what I love about this. We had a. I mean, this is all cause and effect of all the new general managers that have recently taken over. A lot of young guys, you know, some bullish guys, some guys who are willing to take some risks, some guys who are willing to Just move slinging. on from some previous guys. Yeah, sling it around, get some draft picks, put it all out there. You know, show show you what <laughs> yeah. you're working with. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> laying on the table here's what we got this is what i'm working with
2: who wants to do business there there were there were a couple trades though that were some head scratches (laughs) or or that kind of left you go what the
3: what yeah it's uh very uh very odd uh some of the decisions that were made by a couple of teams uh a couple of historic franchises who pulled off a deal uh that does have some ramifications i'll say this though man you're in south florida Good for the Dolphins. All right, Bradley Chubb comes over. They go out, they bring in Jeff Wilson, who's a solid running back. He had some, uh, some uh, time spent with Mike McDaniel in that offense at San Francisco. He's, he put oh, up some did, good numbers there. Did, did you not see that they actually just announced that um, they're 4-by-100-meter
2: they're uh, relay team? If they're now all set. Between Jeff Wilson, who's run the fastest time according to next gen stats this season, that will almost twenty one miles per hour on a run earlier this year. Raheem Mostert who comes from a track background probably could have qualified for Olympic standards, as has Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. Okay. Like, this isn't a joke. This is the fastest team. In the NFL, there clearly was an idea behind how Mike McDaniel and Chris Greer, the general manager, wanted to construct this roster. And then, oh, there's, they go ahead and add an uh, edge rusher who's having his best year in Bradley Chubb, which was a weakness for this defense. Yeah. So the Dolphins, you'd have to come away and say short-term Clearly, are the winners, and they feel like they've got a shot to go all in to go into the playoffs.
3: Look, I, we just need to get them into the playoffs. I think they're fun as hell. We've talked about it before. Just Tua, that offense, McDaniel, just the whole vibe there has completely changed. It, when was the last time it was like this? In your time in South Florida, when was the last time there was this much excitement about it? Even the Adam when, Gase playoff team, where Matt yeah. Moore got decapitated, yeah, I don't feel like. Yeah, I don't feel like that was anywhere close to this. It just feels like uh, like there's something going on there. Are, just are you asking
2: fun. for the last time? Hopefully Lee can help me out with this, or, or Roberto for that matter. But are you asking for the last time they'd say, the fiends to the lick, fiends oh, to the yeah. rat. Come on, um, pump it up. They, they've been saying that a lot this year, but before this year, oh, it'd be tough because, as you said, I, even with that playoff run, the hard thing about it was Matt Moore comes in um, literally Halloween – you know, comes a, a little early, I guess, that year since they got into the playoffs. And Matt Moore was walking around without his head on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you had Ryan Tannehill who had the lingering knee issue. So even after all the optimism, where everyone was excited, they're like, oh, it was a playoff team. Imagine once, once Ryan Tannenhill comes back in its second year, and he had that partially, partially torn ACL that it, it ended up being just botched the entire next season, which spoiled everything. So I would say it's probably since the Chad Pennington year, after they turned everything around from from going worse to first i, I would yeah. say that's the last time I can recall that sort of fiends to the left, fiends to the right. Uh, okay,
3: so let me ask you this because Apparently you don't up, have that song, You, do you brought up the relay team. Well, because Lee Lap is, uh, is,
2: I get I I a hint. He's I him a. a is, he's, is Lee awake this morning?
3: He's a fraudulent Jimmy Buffett fan. All right, he he pretends to be a Jimmy Buffett fan, but really he just uses him for his margaritas. So he has no interest in wanting to cheer on Jimmy Buffett. That's all. That's all a hoax. It's all a bunch of crap. And so Lee Lap would rather just suck down a bunch of margaritas. Uh, he basically siphons margaritas out of a gas can and then and then pretends like he knows his whole catalog when reality is we've been calling for fins on the left, fins on the right and lead a lap is nowhere to be found.
4: Both can be true.
3: Oh, here we oh, go. There it is. Come there on. It is. It's coming. God, what a bad song. Oh, yeah. man. Hey, it bangs. All right. You got a hard rock. All
2: right. Watch the Dolphins play. <laughs> this gets you going.
3: Oh, yeah. By yeah. the way. You hey, per-
2: Roberto, say what you want. They're hey. scoring more points than the Raiders. Hey, Roberto,
3: <laughs> you are 100% correct, sir. And the Broncos. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. True. Come on. All right. Yeah. So let's uh-huh. uh, while this song is firing uh-huh. up uh, on the speakers yeah. across America, let me ask you this. Let's talk about this relay team. Who's got what positions? Tyreek kills the closer, correct? He's the anchor of this relay, t- relay team in Miami? And yeah, then, I, and then I don't know how what? they do
2: it anymore. Like, is, is that always your fastest guy? Some people will mix it up. They'll have, like, the, the third leg be your fastest, and then the, the anchor is, like, the second fastest. And I, I don't know. I'm not, like, <laughs> So
3: I, I would think we'd want Tyree Kill to close. Fiends to the right. What a bad song. <laughs> so I would think we'd want to close with Tyree Kill a, on this relay team. And then to start, you would need I, – I, are we going to go Jeff Wilson to start? Based I on –
2: They're all so fast. I don't know. Okay, I, I, I would say Waddle's the second leg because I think Raheem Mostard has a better start. Let Waddle get the flying twenty going into Jeff Wilson in the third leg, and then Tyree kills our anchor. God,
3: that's a, what a team.
2: No, now I don't want to ruin or spoil the fun, but I I had an in depth conversation with my uh, my buddy Pete Prisco, and one of the things we discussed yesterday I, was I know
3: Pete, uh, you once uh, FaceTime Pete while we were uh, eating dinner together, and Pete had no shirt. That's on. right. That was fun.
2: Well, yeah, he was. It was late at night, yeah. and we were trying to avoid some uh, riffraff. Um, <laughs> We sure were. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, I digress. (laughs) One of the things he mentioned, and I'm curious to get your Uh, thoughts on this. This offense looks great in a dome versus Detroit, down in Miami when the weather's great. Yeah, right. What's this offense going to look like once the weather turns? Yeah. Are are we expecting to go go somewhere up north where it's snowy and windy and be able to do what he's been doing? That's, I think, the biggest question is we – I don't know. I haven't really seen that yet.
3: Yeah. Okay. So they're going. They're not going to win the division, right? Uh, I, I don't think they're winning the division. Which I don't, they, mean, they have a win over Buffalo. though. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, if come they on.
2: start to string off a bunch of wins, I, I don't know that the. I don't know. I, I, I'll put it this way: the way they've looked with Tua starting and finishing games, the way he can start and finish. I think they've got a shot to win it. I okay, do.
3: so here's where we're looking. Uh, the playoff standings right now. The Bills are one. If, if the playoffs started today, this is a fun little exercise as we wax poetically about the great Miami Dolphins with this atrocious theme song they play at games, uh, but then also have to just tie it and bring it all full the circle. the podcast people
4: know what song it is.
3: Yeah, it's a oh, Fins to the Left, Fins to the Right, uh, Jimmy Buffett. Is this what it's called? J- Jimmy Buffett. I I, Buffett, think. I don't know. Rest, I've right? heard it. Let's go live to it's our. I, Fins. I know the name of this bad song insider. Lee to laugh for the latest. Lee. Yes, it is. Fins. Very good. Now,
2: Lee, does this get you going? Is this like the one Jimmy Buffett song that? Hey guys, we got to turn it up in
3: here. Is it this song? Are you kidding me, man? He just uh, snorted a Cadillac margarita off Justin Cooper's chest right before he left the studio. Just, what are you talking about? <laughs> Lee's fired up about it. The whole catalog moves me. <laughs> It certainly does. All right, so if the Dolphins, the Dolphins are going to have to go on the road in the postseason yeah, if yeah, they don't absolutely. win the division. Yeah. All right, so Miami at Tennessee. How are we feeling?
2: I mean, I like their chances if they can stop Derrick Henry.
3: Yeah, uh, which I, mean,
2: <laughs> I, I think I think could, they could throw it around on Tennessee.
3: Okay, uh, at Baltimore. They've already yeah, beat I mean, Baltimore, I, but that yeah, was was that the defense. In-
2: the defense has improved.
3: Okay, right. At Kansas City? Uh, You know, it's (laughs) getting a little... (laughs) a little difficult a little, a little stuffy in here i
2: don't know i don't know if it's uh, i don't know if it's happening
3: yeah now the jets are currently in the playoffs as it stands right now they are the five seed so that's a win i mean that's basically whoever gets the jets that's the second bye week which is kind of the nfl to do to, uh, to be able to implement a second bye week uh, and then you've got the chargers who are currently the seven seed so it does feel like the road's going to get a little bit choppy for the miami dolphins but you know at least we could celebrate uh, they won the trade deadline they got something going there it's a fun operation it's It's fun to watch, and they got the best relay team in the NFL. I mean, come on.
2: Did any part of you feel like their activeness with the trade deadline this year was as much about them investing into Tua and what they believe and where they believe their team is now, but maybe also Chris Greer, who, remember, their general manager, Chris Greer, won the power struggle between him and Brian Flores with Steven Ross, who Brian Flores is now up with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, acting as a, a, an assistant of sorts.
3: It's going well up there.
2: Well, there's that comment, and then, and then you look at Miami, he's gone, and, and it looks like, hey, this is a team that is quarterback that you didn't want to buy into. I drafted, I wanted you to buy into, you didn't want to do it. And now Chris Greer brings in, is able to bring in a guy in Mike McDaniel who understands how to get the most out of him. And that, that's, that's more what I think is on display right now. It's almost like a Chris Greer, hey, Brian Flores, I told you so. You should have bought into this guy instead of jerking him in and out of the lineup in games. It feels a little bit like it's, it's kind of like, hey, how do you like them apples? It
3: is pretty funny that Brian Flores left Miami. They're having a great season. He goes to Pittsburgh, and they're having the worst season they've had in, like, 20 years. That's like uh, your ex. You finally break up after all these years. Your ex gets into phenomenal shape, and then your current uh, person you're dating turns into a drug addict. It's like, man, anywhere I go, I can't catch a break here. All right? My past is winning. My present is losing. What a disaster.
2: And, and I don't want to make it like they didn't have success under Brian, Brian Flores. They they won games. It's just how he handled that position I think ultimately was one of the straws that broke the Campbell's back outside of the other allegations that he made. Only he and Steven Ross or whoever else was a part of that knows truly what was said or what transpired. But the reality is they're doing just fine with two as their starter. And, and who knows where they'd be had he actually left them in some games to finish some games and to continue to grow and develop.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fun to see uh, the Miami Dolphins continue. Uh, fins up, baby, and the Dolphins are back, the big winners of the NFL trade deadline.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do it yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at oreillyauto.com/2pros. That's oreillyauto.com/2pros.
4: If you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris that you won't want to miss.
3: .com/sports, tirerack.com the way tire buying should be. By the way, I did uh high pulls today. Oh, Under, nice. underrated shoulder workout. Yeah. Where you just bring it all the way up to your chin. Yeah. Man, just uh afterwards you just feel like you walked around with two kegs in your hand. Just kind of throw them in in the back of a truck saying, whose party are we going to? You know what I Do you mean? I think
2: that's how Chris Greer's balls feel right now for the general manager for the Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, a- after they that's traded out of that point. spot to the 49ers, they basically used all those first round draft picks to get Waddle, Hill, and now Bradley <laughs> Chubb.
3: <laughs> how about that, huh? That's a pretty darn good <laughs> return.
2: And if you're looking at San Francisco right now, what they got out of it uh, didn't work out too well.
3: By the way, uh, there was uh, some talk that they're going to work on a deal with Bradley Chubb. Uh, the expectation they're going to get a long-term deal. I think it was Schefter that reported that. Yeah. And you I would, don't make that trade unless yeah. you're going to get a long-term deal. deal. Um, once you trade away a first-round pick for a player, isn't that kind of the, the beginning of the long-term uh, deal discussions that you have? Remember Jerry Jones when he traded a first for Amari Cooper years ago? It was like, all right, yeah. well, he's going to get a deal because there's no way he's going to trade that away and let him walk after the season. So, yeah.
2: uh, that's part of it. The only thing is you got a little injury concern there with him and then the only other thing I'd say too is he's he's now having his best year of his career. Like, do you consider him one of the elites when you're really comparing him to some of the other edge rushers? I don't know that he's hit that category yet, but he's definitely one of those guys that could have kind of that breakout um season if you will this year and really into the future.
3: He's had, he's played one entire season. It was his yeah. rookie year. And then he had 12 and a half sacks his rookie year. And then after that, he's just dealt with the injuries. So, yeah. But who knows? Maybe the uh, Look, you played in uh, Denver, and now you live in South Florida. Maybe that South Florida weather is going to make him, uh, you know, his body feel a little better. Do, do you feel better in South Florida than you do in Denver, just with the uh, altitude and the cold weather? I think weather? the
2: humidity and heat makes your body feel a little better. Not yeah. all parts
3: of your body. I'll just say that. You know, I don't I don't know what you mean by that. A little swampy.
2: Yeah, that, that, that's just where people wear less clothes. You know, okay. You're all bundled up like it's Denver this time of year.
3: What about when I wore a leather jacket in Miami when we went to dinner that time? That was probably a bad move, right? Because I didn't have um, any other clothes.
2: That was one of the more underestimated bad moves that i think you've ever made
3: oh yeah i was sweating man oh. i didn't have any clothes because they got uh you know they got left on the plane uh, by accident so i just uh that's all i was working with and i wasn't about to go spend more money at uh, in miami where they jack the prices up on everything so yeah
2: especially for super bowl
3: yeah good point uh all right guess what what the college football playoff rankings are back <laughs> yeah. oh it's yeah. back that's right yeah a little, uh, little cfb playoff rankings huh Woo. screw you ap top 25 you can yeah. kiss our collective asses and now we've got ourselves some actual legitimate ranking conversation that we can have and let's uh, first start things off with congratulations to the tennessee volunteers they are your number one team in the country and they will be the number one team in the country for like another four days and Lovely. then after that when they lose to georgia uh, all is not and uh, and then tennessee we'll see where uh, things sort out for them moving forward but nonetheless tennessee your number one team in the country mr big noon kickoff are you okay with tennessee and the volunteers being number one how we yeah why
2: about not that? you know they've got arguably the best win uh beating alabama uh i think that that kind of says enough right now uh, as it currently stands and and look I think what this sets up for, because this is what the college football playoff committee does. I don't care really where some teams are ranked, you know, to be quite honest with you. What, What they're trying to show you is, all right, how many teams from that conference are ranked? They're giving you an idea of what they think of that conference. And then they let the schedule play out to essentially help make some of the decisions they have to make. For example, why is Tennessee number one right now? They have the best win of the season so far. They beat Alabama, so why not put them at number one? And in the event that they do lose to Georgia in Athens this week, you could drop them down to probably five, and guess what happens at the end of the season? If Tennessee runs the table and you have you know any issues with sending uh, Clemson depending on how the rest of their season goes or anyone else, it sets up Tennessee to be that non-division winning, non-conference winning team to still make it from the SEC into the playoff. So that's really what this is, is setting up to be right now, as it currently stands.
3: Uh, Reese Davis pointed out uh, during the reveal uh, last night on ESPN, he said there's only been one team since the rankings came out, the playoff yeah. rankings that started off and, number yeah. one and never made it. It was Mississippi State with Dak Prescott. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're they're in a good spot here. Also, look, if Alabama wins out, they're going to the college football playoffs. Like that's well, just yeah. that's that's the way this works. So
2: a one-loss SEC champ is going to the college football playoff. Yeah. That's what you're you're saying
3: right now. Um Michigan being 5 and Clemson 4. What, what what's what, what is really behind? Is that just the non-conference schedule? It felt like last night they kind of took away the eye test. And they'll use that when they need to go there, when they need to justify another decision they make later on and, and some reveal coming up in maybe a couple of weeks or the final rankings. But – Last night felt like they were going to reward the people who played the toughest schedule early, and maybe that things change, like I said, in a couple of weeks from now, but it did feel like maybe Michigan was punished, although you look at Clemson, and I, I, has Clemson really beat anybody that impressive? I no,
2: mean, that's, that's really what stands out to me, is when you look at a team like Clemson, for example, and, and here's the thing, going back to the initial statement, the ACC has five ranked teams right now, I don't necessarily understand why NC State is ranked, or even Wake for that matter. Both those teams have two losses. Wake looked awful last week versus Louisville in turning the football over eight times. Eight times in a game and got smoked. NC State starter at quarterback Devin Leary is out, and they went to Jack Chambers to start last week, but then he didn't play well, so then MJ Morris comes in. Yes, they get the win, but... Virginia Tech had no business hanging around in that game as a two-touchdown underdog. So that's another team that, when I look at the whole of the ACC, and you even look how it's kind of backloaded, like Syracuse, for example, two losses right up there with them. They just got drugged through a uh, Notre Dame team, yeah. and now they've got to play Pitt that I think might do the exact same thing to them. So it might be a one-week thing for Syracuse before they drop out. The only other team you look at is North Carolina, and they could put up a lot of points. But even as a one-loss team, they just play a weak schedule. So, as you go through the ACC, to me, it's the weakest of the Power Five conferences in regards to you know how really good, or how much depth they have. And I think the Clemson brand is what's carrying them right now, not even necessarily their schedule. Like I look at that win over Wake and NC State, and you're just—they don't look like that great of wins, or even Syracuse for that matter, when when Clemson has struggled. So that's one that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. We, we could pick um various teams, right? Like who is USC beat? Yeah. I mean seriously, the only ranked team they had on their schedule they you know, they lost to, which was Utah they struggled versus oregon state and arizona i know oregon state's ranked now we'll see if that ends up being the case the end of the season and then lsu like that is they have no business being a top 10 team just because they've played well the past couple of weeks that's another team you could throw into that conversation after they got pounded by fsu to start out the year and blown out by tennessee with a beat old miss so they're ranked in the top 10 like that's another one that doesn't make a whole lot of sense but it does give Alabama a much better win because they play LSU this week if they're able to take care of business against uh, LSU.
3: Does TCU have the best resume?
2: Right now, and then <laughs> you look at the right seventh. Like, you put that resume for Bama or, or you know, if they. I just put it this way. If they're an SEC team, they're in the top four. That you, they could you could yeah. switch them with Clemson right now if they had SEC conference uh, you know over top of their title or whoever else
3: they beat 18, 19, 8, and seventeen in consecutive weeks I mean like that's that's tough to argue anybody else at that point point. and then you know I, I look I, it looks like T, so they've got Texas Tech they're at Texas that'll be a tough game and at Baylor that could be a little dicey and then they've got Iowa State. I mean if TCU runs the table. And I just I wonder where they get factored. But this is this is why the expansion of the college football playoff ranking or college football playoffs is going to be a lot of fun because people can look at this and say, well, what are you going to throw TCU like they really have a shot at winning a national title? But it's not about whether or not they have a shot. It's about giving them a shot. Like, just give them an opportunity and let's see how this whole thing plays out. But I I like that there was some new blood that was thrown in there, Tennessee and TCU and all that. I just was a little bit surprised that TCU didn't get more love uh, being higher up uh, on the rankings. I
2: mean, I'll I'll put it this way. From watching TCU as compared to the teams that are ahead of them, you know, Michigan, Bama, uh, you know, those two teams look more like complete teams. Like, when I I watch their defense – TCU has been coming back from from, from some second-half deficits. I mean, they're balanced on offense, right? They run well with Kendra Miller. Uh, Max Duggan's had a great year. Quentin Johnson is one of the best you know, wide receivers in all of college football. Tay Barber's got a lot of speed, too. Davis as well. The problem is their defense. They're ranked, I think, going into last week. They're like 90th in the country in total defense. <laughs> I mean, they're they're having to overcome a lot of deficits at times and win in shootouts. Which is hard and it's not overly sustainable. That being said, I would still have them, based on their resume, ranked higher than Clemson. Clemson's the one team I look at and just go, they feel the most fraudulent of all of them. Despite their win on the road versus Wake Forest or NC State. Because I I just look at the ACC and I think it's a much weaker conference in comparison to the other Power Five right now.
3: So Tennessee is minus money on DraftKings to make uh, the college football playoff. It's actually a minus 115 in either direction for Tennessee. Uh, and then you look, you know, Ohio State's a minus 650. I think that's, you know, a, a clear indication that people feel like uh, Ohio State's going to beat Michigan. And then you've got Clemson, who's almost a 2-1 to one to make the playoffs now based on all that. Um, and Alabama's sitting at a plus 140. Well, I that's
2: think- the thing. It, it sets up for TCU to win the big. 12 and not get in
3: plus 700 to get into the playoff yeah to draft that,
2: that's that's the tough part about this initial ranking that's why i kind of go back to they they give you an idea of what they think about that conference the big 12 conference only has four teams in the top 25 which granted they're a smaller conference they only have 10 teams in total so it's a bit unfair to look at it that way but you would have to say top to bottom and you know when you include the unranked teams that conference has as much parity as anyone. Like, name another conference where there could be an upset any given week. Maybe the Pac-12 that has five ranked teams. But, you know, I look at the Big 12 and just say it's it's unfortunate because they're putting them on the back burner. They they really are when it's all said and done. They're putting the committee in a tough spot where if TCU runs the table, they're 13-0, they're a Big 12 champ. I, I'm just – I'm looking at who's ahead of them, and I'm wondering, well, you're not, be, you're not jumping them over Bama – if Bama wins the SEC, and what happens if Georgia's only loss right. is to Alabama and the SEC championship yeah. game?
3: Uh, well, th- and that's why... And this- by the way, that's
2: assuming they beat Tennessee, which I think that would leapfrog them up to number one at that point. Yes. Uh, so, you know, they're really setting it up to get two SEC teams in based on how the
3: current rankings are. All right, so let, let's let's piss off an entire region of the country here. Uh, that would be a Big 12 country. All right, so let's, so let's just put it. So uh, SEC champ is getting in. Big 10 champ is getting in. If Georgia loses in the SEC championship game to Alabama, they're getting in. So that's three. And then you would assume, based on these initial – Projections: We're gonna get Clemson in,
2: right?
3: Yeah, there's no way in for TCU. Yeah, there's. Like, I'm trying to, unless something, unless there's just a, a bunch of losses and and teams just fall apart, or if you know Tennessee beats Georgia, and I, I just yeah, I don't see a way for TCU in. It's unfortunate. but uh,
2: Here's what they need: they need to run the table, right? Which which they're capable of doing. It's not easy, but they're capable of doing it. And then they need Clemson to to be a one loss ACC champ. Right, They need Clemson to, to lose a game down the stretch, whether it's this week versus Notre Dame yeah. at Notre Dame, Louisville, Miami, South Carolina, whoever it is down the stretch. They need them to be a one-loss conference champ, and I think that's the one thing that opens the door. They're not getting in over the SEC champ, obviously, or Big Ten champ, obviously. But I think where it makes a better case for them to be a part of it is if they can then have a resume that stands undefeated Power 5 champ and force the committee to make a decision between that, Clemson as a one-loss ACC champ, and then whoever ends up not winning between you know Georgia and Tennessee, I would say this week probably. Because obviously the winner is going to go, to, go on to the SEC championship game. And so then you've got to decide between whoever loses that game And then whoever loses, well, I guess this week, right? Between Tennessee and Georgia. Um, Those are all the teams that you're really contemplating at this point. But like I said... I think the SEC is getting at least two in, as it looks right now.
3: Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, look, this stuff is so much fun, man. I just the what ifs and what could possibly happen, and let and also look, the committee knows it's a TV show too. Like you know, let, let's you know maybe finagle some of the numbers, put a team here, put a team there, let people get up in arms. But if you're in Tennessee, if you're you know listening uh, on our great affiliates there in this great state of Tennessee, and you're celebrating your uh, your volunteers, listen, celebrate while you can because uh, you're. A Close to double-digit underdogs at Georgia this weekend. And uh, and then, you know, it doesn't look all that hot for you this weekend. But potentially, maybe Tennessee gets it done and, and even solidifies themselves uh, their opportunity to go to the playoff even more. So that'll be fun. By the way, how you feeling about Notre Dame-Clemson this weekend? What are we thinking, huh? I
2: feel good about it. I, I just I feel like Notre Dame right now has to play a certain style of game in order to win. Their special teams have to be special. They've been blocking punts now and – consecutive weeks they've got to be able to run the football which they've demonstrated the ability to do so and um their defense has to be able to limit some of the big plays and and, and shut down the uh the rushing attack in particular of clemson because will shipley's a stud and then dj we will obviously play a portion of that but th- th- that's that's the game plan it, it's it's fairly simple for both sides it's just now the execution of how
0: they go about doing it Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey,
4: it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker,
3: people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do it yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at oreillyauto.com/2pros. That's oreillyauto.com/2pros.
4: If you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me Jay Harris that you won't want to miss.
3: right now we turn it over to the man himself this is the man you wait all show to hear from mm. he is petros papadakis he is the co-host of the petros and money show and yeah. by the way, where can the petros and money show be heard brady on the blowtorch am 570 la sports he's that a fox great, college football <laughs> analyst Oh, uh petros now? what the hell is happening good morning hey, good morning everybody hello to you guys hello hello i feel like i, feel like I need
2: a new mic like petros my kind of crap
5: yeah way. dude the yeah. new mic is like the blowtorch yeah you sound fantastic yeah it's a different deal over here thank you don martin <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we also so, got new chairs for the studio well not new oh, chairs but but
2: but uh repurposed chairs yeah uh, so petros. Hey, hold on hold on petros can i ask you this because yeah because when there is an issue of equipment Do you just go directly to Don Martin? What what does he say? What does that sound
5: like? Well, I don't go directly to him. I try to avoid contact because I know he's very busy with other things. Right. (laughs) But my man, I need you to take care of these chairs. Don't stick your pins in them or rip them all up. Like, somehow I got blamed for messing up the chairs because a punk-ass Fred Rogan went around telling everybody I did. (laughs) And I didn't, you know. And, like, now the chair, like, COVID's over, clients are coming in the building, and it can't look like a pigsty,
3: goddammit. You know, so I'm 45 years
5: old. I didn't do anything. I clean up after I leave.
3: Hey, Uh, uh, Petrus, I did want to ask you, because you found yourself in the middle of a, a pretty weird situation last week. Oh, yeah. Okay.
5: I haven't talked too much about it on air. All right. But I will if you want.
3: What the hell happened with the Cam rising all of a sudden? He was Uh, a late scratch for Utah in the game you were calling last Thursday. What happened?
5: Well, uh, they just – they didn't start Cam rising. And he's the most important player in the game. And if you do that in the college football world when you – I mean, I don't expect people, especially people in Utah, or – people that are just college football fans to understand how the broadcast relationship goes and what is expected there and it's different than dealing with say the salt lake city tribune or something like that you're supposed to give us the heads up about the most important player in the game playing or not playing so You don't tell us all week that he's not going to play or that he's even banged up. Okay, that's fine. Uh, We have the meeting the night before the game, and there is no indication that Cam Rising is at all banged, you know, that that he's not going to play. So we've spent, you know, all this time in edit bays and all this stuff, building all this stuff, and it's not going to live because he's not going to play. So those are a lot of wasted hours, but fine. That's college football. We live in the world. It happens all the time. But somebody's got to tell us before kickoff that he's not running out there. Right. And that is the sports information director at Utah. He did not tell the sports information director at Utah, apparently, that Cam Rising wasn't going to play. So regardless of whether we were there or we have a sideline person, I mean, the guy came out in full pads and warmed up. It was part of our intro. (laughs) Then he went out for captains. And then suddenly – they hid the other quarterback in, like, a, the replacements and like, a scrum to get out to the, to, the, uh, to the field, and he put on a yellow vest. And, I look, I was just surprised, and I wanted to have the moment. We wanted to have the moment for the other kid to be able to walk out there and tell the story of the game, but it, it didn't happen that way, and we, we recovered and handled it. And all I did was tell people the truth about what happened because it was odd. Right. You know, I'm not that mad about it. I was surprised because I've done this for, I don't know, 20 years, and no one's ever done that to us before. So, right. but if you don't tell your SID that the starting, the most important player in the game is not going to play, then we have no chance to find out.
2: <laughs> you can, know, can, can can I follow up with this, Petros? Because it sounded like after the game, I was trying to read some of the comments to get clarification of what the hell happened well they scrubbed all the stuff that they said after the game really because well, that was the thing is Kyle yeah, the whole
5: thing is so weird he,
2: dude. he threw it on Cam Rising like Cam yeah. came up and basically said I can't go I mean it, it really looked bad on Kyle Woodingham the way he described it but I also don't know that's all it's all been scrubbed okay
5: along with all the stuff he said about NIL and all that so look I don't they didn't even bring two of their tailbacks and I had yeah, to squeeze that I'm information super. out of him so or out of them So they're obviously going through something and they're battening down the hatches and they don't feel like telling anybody, which is fine. I mean, everybody's, that's part of the thing we love about college football is that everybody's different. Everybody's, I have BYU this week. That's a totally different situation. You know, they don't need PR. They don't need a conference. They don't need money. They don't need recruiting. BYU does all their own stuff for better or for worse everybody's different. When you go to USC, they feed you. You know, when you go to Texas, they give you barbecue. It's all, it's all, uh, not uniform. And that's how college football's supposed to be. I was just a little bit surprised. That's all. <laughs> and John Canzano, who I have a long time relationship with, and we collaborate. He's a great writer for the PAC 12. If Bill Walton wants to complain, that's who he writes the letter to. Right. And, uh, he called me after the game and, I told him exactly what we said on the broadcast, that Cam Rising is uh, not playing, and we weren't told. That was it. So, and then they, they went after us yesterday in the in their press conference saying something to the effect of, well, if they had a sideline reporter, but, you know, they weren't even here, so it's like. Oh, jeez. Well, but you didn't tell your SID. <laughs>
0: like, come <laughs> yeah. on, But dude. you
5: know what? But seriously, nobody outside of the media, nobody cares. They think we're whiny. They think we're complaining. They think. But the truth is, we pay for the access in the, yeah. in the deal. We have, a, we have a rights deal.
3: It's a showcase for the school and the players.
5: That's what we're trying – that's all we're – and I, trying to explain that just makes you more look like more of an a-hole when you're just trying to say, all we want to do is run the right kid out onto the field. We didn't want to run the walk-on out. The walk-on from Utah having his very first start ever, all-state all baseball and football player in Bryson Barnes, we didn't want to run him out with the cam rising font and, like, cam rising flexing with his goatee <laughs> and all that. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and we did because, uh, because that's how it went. But, you know, it, was, it wasn't the end of the world. It was, I, it was interesting. I think John Canzano thought it was interesting, and he wrote about it. And now Utah's acting like, you know, we did something wrong. So I don't know. Uh, I love Utah football. I have a great deal of respect for Kyle Whittingham. I hope to see him again down the road this year. But this was just an odd situation that I hope is just an outlier. But it was very, very
2: weird. Wow. It's interesting that you bring up they would be, you know, batting down the hatches for whatever's going on there, only because they're very much in the Pac-12 hunt. Oh, sure. They've got a huge game coming up here, what, a couple of weeks versus a few weeks versus Oregon? I mean, that will ultimately – the winner of that game for sure is going to the Pac-12. Um, especially if obviously they win, if they lose, they're probably out, but there's a lot of tie-breaking scenarios, but I just, it's, it's a bit surprising. They've been one of the more fun teams to watch and better teams in college football this year. So, oh, they I mean, what's to be surprised,
5: but you know, they, they, uh, they're having they're rough right now. The Noah Kincaid got, or excuse me, Dalton Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid got Kincaid, hurt. Yeah. Uh, he got hurt in the game. We did, you know, Keithy's out for the year. They're obviously having issues with the running backs. And and the quarterback is banged up. So, you know, what are they going to be down the road? We'll see. But uh, they're, they're right in it, too, in yeah. and USC and UCLA and, and Washington and Oregon and Oregon State even.
2: Yeah. Uh, Petros, I got to ask you about the tunnel incident between Michigan and Michigan oh, State. Oh, uh, yeah. Throwing I mean, down, Pete. Blame the tunnel, Petros. Yeah. Blame that tunnel. Tell we me. talked about the tunnel tussles
5: yesterday, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this is just stupid. I mean, this – I've never seen anything –
3: not like that. You've never I mean, seen a guy get his chain snatched in a tunnel Well, I've before? seen people get their they chain They tried naked. to take his shoes, Petros. Come on, P.
5: <laughs> what? They treated him like a like a car. Right? For, a, <laughs> take his thought,
3: rims, take his wheel. Petros, you saw a leprechaun get jumped in a tunnel one time. That's you are right. familiar with all this. Yeah, but that was like, you know, 80 on 80.
5: You know? This is... <laughs> you know, this is... Uh, you don't see that very often. Somebody just getting de and no one else is around to help them.
0: <laughs> you know, the
5: one thing about football, you know, football it, football sucks in a lot of ways. You know, we, we talk about these things as grown men as if they're, you know, life and death. And they're really not, except you ruin your body and die younger. But <laughs> Good morning, everybody. It's true. I have For to Patrick, look in the mirror every day like, what, what in yeah. God's name was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> those pills made class kind of foggy, Brady. <laughs> but, uh, what was I saying? You know, in football, the one thing that you have in football that you think you have is protection, right? You think you have your pads that protect you and really they kill you and ruin your body. <laughs> and because you use them to hit people and you think that you have numbers, right? The one thing in football is you're never naked to the world. You're never like a boxer or a UFC guy or just somebody in shorts, their nipples out, fighting in front of people alone, right? You always have some other dude with you, and that guy might be a gnarly-ass dude from Oakland, right, who's going to say some things and protect you and your lily-white ass from Palace Verdes. So that's the one thing in football that you're like, wow, I got all these guys with me. We have strength in numbers, uh, you know, whether there's 11 or the running backs are fighting the DBs or so on and so forth. You don't often see one dude getting jumped by six guys on the other team and no one else is around. You just don't see that. So it is an outlier, and I think that's – I use that word twice now,
2: and that's uh, – it's early. Does that that's, make you skeptical of, like, how it all came about in the first place? Like, how the one dude get to be was just probably guy? He was, he was probably – if I had to guess –
5: You know, and I'm only speculating, as I was not in that tunnel, nor have I been to a Big Ten game. I feel feel
3: like we're going to get reckless here. Oh, here we go. The Big
5: Ten needs you, by the way. We need some of that. I think he was straggling, talking ass. Wow. Right, Jonas? Sounds like something
3: Jonas would do. Listen, do you think Jim Harbaugh is going to have a player like that on his roster?
5: There's always an ass-talking straggler, (laughs) no matter what game. (laughs) Do you know who the number one S talking straggler is? Somebody that I wanted to jump with my teammates Ooh, after a game. was that? Ryan Leaf and his big <laughs> wow bucket head, <laughs> stupid pork pie haircut. Wow,
2: God he bless talked that him. much
5: trash. Oh, he wouldn't leave the field at the Coliseum. And we're just <laughs> like, I want to kill that guy. I want to kill him. Still uh, pissed. Now I think about his big fat face. <laughs> Great guy, you know now. Yeah, uh, but still, yeah. There's uh, you to turn the corner. Uh, yeah, you
2: really made up for that one. Yeah, yeah we lit up a Denny's.
5: <laughs> we lit up a Denny's one night in Pullman.
3: Later in life. <laughs> what do you mean? There's like, a full bar. Oh yeah, they used to have bars at Denny's oh, out I here have, in bar, Southern California. The Pullman yeah. one didn't. Yeah, yeah it's it's freaking Eastern Washington. Washington. Yeah, Dumbass. D- you get, <laughs> you get <out. laughs>
5: I love. It. I'm sorry, Joe, that's No, that's
3: all okay. good. There was a there was a bar at the Denny's in uh, out here in Thousand Oaks for, yeah, for a yeah. short time. Yeah. You know, the,
5: those aren't the, the regulars at that bar aren't depressing.
3: No, not at all. all. They all got cowboy hats on for some reason. How was your day, Bennett? <laughs> it just started, and uh, they're on their way to do construction. But uh, so anyway, yeah. Brady, that was the
5: story. About uh, Whittingham and the whole Utah saga, but uh,
2: onward I'm sorry, and upward. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I will say this: uh, all my interactions with Kyle Whittingham, they they're they were great. But dude, t- I did t- their but, games when they were in the Mountain West. You know, but, but, <laughs> you, you have to admit this: he is very close to the vest with with information and those sorts of things. Like, I, I'm not. I, I'll, I'll put it this way: I'm not overly surprised by it. I'm yeah, really it seemed like a tight group, especially
5: this year. And I don't blame them. They've had a lot going on, but uh, it just there was a uh, there was some kind of failure in the uh, in the communication wiring, and we try to do better, and yeah. we will. You know, the next day we had a uh, Fresno State, right? And Jake Hayner's going to play, yeah. And he'd been out the whole year. And Jeff Tedford said, "Look, we're going to warm him up, and if we can get him out there, but don't say anything." And we're right. like, "Okay." And that's what we did, you know. I mean, we we know how <laughs> who, to do it. We do who, it every single week. We know how to do it. We know kids are beat oh, up.
2: Who, no, hold on. who who was the running back they had? Was it Joe was it Joe Williams or something? Where he who? maybe he left for like five games. He was like watching in the stands, and he eventually oh, you they invited Yeah, yeah, that was a few years back. But you remember that? Like I remember yes. calling games back then for them and being like, "What happened there?" And there was like they made it sound like the most simple discussion. Well, he didn't want to play. He uh, he started watching from the stands that he wanted to play again. He was back. I was like, really? That's It's that simple of a story? That's it. That's it. That's what happened. Yeah. Football
5: coaches can make you feel pretty stupid when they say something that is just totally – like I would go up to see John Robinson – and be like you know this is wrong you said this but you did this and he'd be like concentrate on that <laughs> <laughs> and, it's just like, and like you leave nodding your head like oh yeah that made sense and then you get home
3: and you're like that didn't make any sense at all <laughs> uh all right so petros you get you got one game this week you do just one too. game you know with all you? this world
5: series stuff i think we're and with the rain delay the other day, I Eight. think we're uh, we're bumped over to FS2.
3: That Fresno State-San Diego State was uh, game was bananas last weekend.
5: I'd, <laughs> I've done some crazy games. You know, I've done it a long time. But uh, that was one of the craziest ones ever because – Uh, I felt
3: bad for Brady Hoke. He was looking around like, what happened here?
5: Yeah, well, I said, you know, they had that inexperienced quarterback, and he was playing so great. You know, he'd been on defense earlier in the year. They made that sound real simple, too. Well, he came in (laughs) as a quarterback, and then we moved him to safety, but now he's back at quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) And Brady Hoke's a great guy, and he does a great job. But I talked about it, you know, and he was doing great. And San Diego State, I think they had a disappointing start to the year. They fired their O.C., they have all kinds of uh, offensive kind of uh, identity problems earlier. They've simpl- simplified it. This was just a great game. And they're playing against Jake Hayner, who's who's a badass in many ways. And their quarterback, Jalen Maiden, transferred from Mississippi State, he played great, you know. But as the game was uh, getting down to the four-minute drill kind of world where you're up two scores, I was saying, hey, they got to finish this game. You know, there's things they have to do to finish this game. And the last sequence went like this. Uh, Touchdown off a long drive that took up all the clock. Two-point conversion. Onside kick. Touchdown. (laughs) Pick. Take a knee. <laughs> and those were the last six plays of the game. <laughs> and it was just like holy crap, you know, and, and Brady was standing there like oh my god. <laughs>
3: yeah, and no, it was I'm just, sorry. you know, and Tedford,
5: you know, I like it cuz it's two older coaches people uh. I, I like. You know, all the coaches now are like CEO types because there's so much money being made, and they're all like, Yes, that's right. We're going to onboard some great players. And I'm glad you asked me, Brady. And Brady, let me tell you, Brady. And Brady, let me tell you why that's the truth, Brady. You know, I mean, that's how all the coaches are today. And I like just a couple of wrinkly dudes like Hoke and Tedford. You know, Tedford's on one side looking like Popeye. In fact, it says Popeye's on his freaking headset. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it was it was a fun game. I was sad all that all the people in Fresno left.
3: Oh, uh, the, the
5: whole stadium was almost empty when it happened. But uh, that was up there with the Oklahoma State game that the the play at the end they said wasn't supposed to happen or count. Oh, Central Michigan. Yeah, they did that yeah. one. That was wild. The Marshawn Lynch driving his car. Cooper around. Rush game, by the way. Yeah, the uh, the what's your effing deal Harbaugh versus Carroll game. Oh yeah. You know, there's been a lot over the years. The Geno Smith throws for like eight thousand yards and seventy points. Brad Zager game. Yeah.
2: So he's still doing it, by the way, for Seattle now. Yeah, we
5: yeah. we've we've, <laughs> uh, we've done a lot of fun ones, but that was a. That was pretty wild. And I appreciated the way Tedford handled the quarterback situation.
3: Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> by the way, get him on Twitter, at the old P. All right. They'll try I and, did, they'll try I'm and screw do, him over.
5: No, it's all right. I'm going to do some good Utah outreach this week with uh, BYU. All You're right. Gonna see, oh, they're going to love there you me. Go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, there you good go. job. Yeah. The last uh, time I did a BYU game, the governor of the state attacked me on
3: Twitter. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to do the job,
0: guys. You know, I'm just, <laughs>
3: Uh, Petros, we appreciate it. You're the best. We'll do it again next week. All right. Good there night,
0: he everybody. Is, uh, hey, Pagman.
3: Petros Papadakis, the co-host of the Petros and Money Show, and again, you can get him on Twitter at the old P Fox College Football Analyst. Always good stuff.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 alrighty.